Hi, friend. Hi, friend. I'm Michael Cassidy. And I'm Laura Holloway. And this is the Actors Helpline. Laura, we got to get this. We got to get this out of the way. Your name is Laura. What's going on? My wife's That's name true. is also oh, yeah, Laura. People need to know this. Hold on. It doesn't stop there. Her middle name and my middle name are the same. You're the same middle name. You also both have curly, reddish, brownish hair. You're both very funny. Yes. We're both um, loud. You're both loud. You both have six fingers on your left hand. It's crazy. Like it never. Most people don't. Yeah. Most people don't know that. That's not something we wanted anybody to know, but that's okay. Oh, geez. So hard to hide. What can we say? I have a type. The reason that I brought this up is because my Laura, not you, my wife, Laura, Mm -hmm. we were walking with our kids from the t-ball field to the parking lot in a park. I, Mm. I have never loved my wife more than this, this moment that I'm going to say she were, we're, we're walking from the baseball diamond across this biggish park in LA here where we live to the car in the parking lot and the kids we have, um, you know, three to five kids and, and they're spreading out and doing sort of age appropriate things. The younger ones are like climbing rocks and the middle ones are like talking to strangers. And the oldest one is like beelining for the car to get back to the iPad. And, um, (laughs) and we're walking by a basketball court, like a outdoor basketball street basketball court. And there's these three dudes shooting on the only non taken hoop. And there's a, young woman or girl standing with her ball in her hands, just watching them. And I'm maybe 50 feet behind Laura. She's ahead of me. And she, Laura's, my wife is a basketball. (laughs) Absolutely. My (laughs) wife is a basketball player, basketball coach, basketball player. She's a baller. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. she kind of real quick scans the scene and turns to the girl with this voice that she uses when she wants to get shit done. She goes, do you want to shoot around? And the girl nods her head. And Laura turns to the three dudes who are shooting and she goes, hey, guys. And she walks right onto their court and she goes, hey, guys, she's going to shoot with you, too. She's going to shoot around, too. Come on. And oh then she doesn't God. listen to them or or acknowledge them in any way. She just turns back to the girl and she goes, come on, come on. You can shoot here now. And then she walks away like I did this oh. and you're all just going to do it now. And I I've just never loved her as much as I did in that moment. I like died. I was just I, like, I have- I had the chills and I almost cried. I also have never loved her more and I love her a lot. She's the best. She's the absolute best. She's a badass in like a truest sense of the word. Like your wife is a badass. She is. She doesn't do anything slightly less than badass. It is the best part of my life and the worst shit imaginable to be married to (laughs) such a strong human being. (laughs) And on that note, the phone's ringing. Phone is ringing. And we're going to answer it. Let's see who it is. Hello? Hello, Michael and Laura. This is Baron, and I have a question for you. What are your three must-dos when breaking down a script for an audition? Thanks, guys. Oh, what a question. Three must-dos before an audition. I like lists. I love making lists. I love a list. I'm a Virgo. I love a list. Here we go. Ready? I got this. I got this. Number one memorize it. (laughs) Not everybody memorizes their auditions. I definitely memorize my auditions whenever possible to perfection if possible. I say whenever possible because sometimes you don't have the time 
to give it. So you do the very best you can. I do the very best I can. There have been times where I have to tape them up and put them right in my eye line <laughs> and help myself. But that is not my preference. I don't like that. I don't feel as creative. Number two, script analysis. What does my character need? Who do they need it from? Whose story are we telling? What are the choices I can make that uh, best assist in telling that story? Number three, have fun. Aww, have fun. Have fun. I mean, it has to be fun. Oh. What do you, it's like, what's the point otherwise? I used to torture myself over auditions. And my, ex my experience is fully up to me. I did not understand that. <laughs> but my experience is fully a choice I am making. If I want to have a good time in my audition, no matter how stressed I feel about it, I can choose when I when I am actually it's action, I can have a great time. Oh, how many actors do you know? How many actors do you know who are like I'm an actor? Oh, I got an agent. Oh my it's God. brutal. Now I'm auditioning oh and I'm just and oh, now we're working, and it's just the worst. And da 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 da. da. So, oh, which is also me. Uh, uh, you know, to be fair, all human beings. I am that. Yeah, person. sure, sure. <laughs> I am that person. It's a job, right? So, like, eventually, if you do a job long enough, and for some people that long enough is like a week, and for some people it's like five, ten years, or whatever. But it, it's a job, and anytime you do a job, a thing that you have to do and get paid to do, it's gonna there's gonna be aspects of it that you don't like. And I was one of those people about auditions. I got to a point in my career where I was auditioning so much for so long and not booking mm. that when an audition came in, I got that text or that email. My immediate reaction was negative. It was oh god, yeah, it hurts because I was. Oh, it hurts yeah. because I'm like, here we go. Here's eight hours of my life and I'm not going to see any fruits of my labor. Yep. And immediately, and, and I started to, you know, I think I started to, uh, that was a self-fulfilling prophecy yep. at some point too. And then I had this big revelation and I realized I was so lucky to be auditioning that I was getting these auditions for things that, there are thousands and thousands and thousands of people trying to get an appointment mm -hmm. that I have. And I better be grateful mm -hmm. and I better have a good time because otherwise it should be going to somebody else. <laughs> you know, I don't like, that's not for me if I can't treat it with care. That's how I feel. Yeah. So, and as soon as I started having a good time, guess what happened? You started working. You started working, girl. I started working. I started working a lot. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah. So it's the antidote to stress and insecurity, which are audition killers for me is having fun. Let me ask you your second, your second, uh, must do was script analysis. Do you find that it's important to make choices about the things that I guess what I'm trying to say is it's important for us to say that a lot of times you're, you, you have to make choices about things that they haven't made, that they haven't made clear to you. Yeah. So a lot of times yeah, script yeah, analysis yeah. includes in the yeah. purpose of auditions, it means filling in the blanks. Sometimes when you're working, you don't know what they're really, what movie you're in uh, even. And so you got to <laughs> sort of like make guesses about that as well. I find that in comedy, yeah. especially that there's like a, like, what is this mini bio 
system of jokes. What are the, what are the jokes that are in this specific mm-hmm. uh uh-huh. ecosystem? What's funny in this world? Um yes. and you have to make choices about that. That it's not always just where are we coming from. Anyway, that gets into other stuff, but yeah, no, it's true. But that is, that's a part of the script analysis that, that just happened to me in the last audition that I had, which was for, you know, a sizable role in a feature that was a comedy. And I made choices based on the information I had. And then like on the, you know, second take of the third scene, I was like, whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> I just got this. I just got this joke. I just got that this is a joke. Like I missed that or I didn't, or this choice actually isn't serving me now that I'm doing mm. it. Yeah. So I'm, you make the choices with the information you have at the time. This was also moving very fast, right? I didn't have a lot of time. Mm. And then, uh, and then sometimes, and then you have to be flexible in the having fun part. Part of the reason that having fun is so important is because when I was doing that audition, I was having an absolute blast. And mm. because I was having such a good time, something I heard something that I hadn't heard just reading it you know just rehearsing it a little bit because I was uh really in it and it came out in a different way and I was like oh wait that's it you know um it was a different choice and it was a better stronger choice funnier do you do you when you film auditions do you try to do a bunch of takes and then pick one or are you like I need to sort of get my reading sort of finalized and all the way through and then that's the take or both? Um, my process with auditions is I know what I want. I, I know that there are sort of these beats I want to make sure um, I have. I want, there are these experiences that I know that I have to sort of um, touch on, like have. Um, and they're not, not necessarily like a very highly specific, you know, uh, there are these beats I have to hit in auditions, right? There's a change in the scene. There's an event in the scene. There's something. So I go into it knowing that those are the part of the choices. And I know like, okay, this is uh, what I sort of know. This is probably going to wind up looking like, and then I watch it back and the watching it back process is super important for me. I watch every single take before I do another one most of the time. Sometimes I'm like, that was shit. Let's just do it again right away. Mm -hmm. Or like, oh, I felt that I didn't hit something or I missed something there. It didn't feel quite right. So I'll just do it again. But if it feels like a pretty good take, I'll watch it back. And in the watching it back, I usually see something new that maybe I didn't, I didn't catch from just the reading or the script analysis, or I see something that I see an opportunity to do something. Um, or I see that I'm doing something, but I'm not fully realizing it or, um, you know, or I'll say like, Ooh, that was a good choice. Or that just happened in the moment on the next take. I want to lean more into that and see what happens there and where it takes me. Um, so for me, it's, yeah, I watch it back and it's, that's a big part of the process is watching myself do it. Yeah. What about you? So let me say my first three or my, my, yeah, my yeah, first yeah. three, cause I have 17. No, let me say my three must do's <laughs> and, and then, and then I'll go to why I was sort of keying in on that question about your script analysis. Mine are number one relationship. This is very, we have similar ones. Mine's a, my third one's a little different. Number one. Your third one is like, be very, very serious. Do not enjoy this. My third one is be naked. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> 
game changer. All self tapes. If if nobody gets no anything else, no wonder so much. <laughs> if nobody gets anything else from the actors' upline, you gotta know you are naked on those self tapes, or you are not auditioning for the role. Be naked. Be naked. I, now we know our t-shirts. Okay, number one. Be naked. <laughs> number one relationship to the circumstances of the scene specifically i want to know where is my character coming from where is my character going if they're exiting what is my relationship to the person that i'm speaking to what is my relationship to the people that i'm referring to what is my relationship to the events that i'm referring to uh i also under this would file i think a lot about status so am i a cop who's interrogating someone or am Mm -hmm. i a cop who's answering to a superior because that informs the way that I'm using my body. It informs it what I'm doing with eye contact, et cetera, et cetera. And all of that stuff sort of falls under this first thing of relationship. And I get it from the script. So it's also what we could call script analysis. But I always think about it as relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. The second thing is action. So what is my character trying to do in the scene? I'm trying to get the suspect to uh, admit it. I'm trying to be understood. I'm trying to, you know, whatever it is. And can we can we say, Michael, that when you say action, that is the same. It's synonymous with objective or goal, right? People use different terminology, but that's the same. It's action is objective is goal. Okay, go ahead. Yep, Sorry. exactly. <laughs> totally. No, that's totally right. Um, and then my third thing is that I look at the tape now that some version of it exists um as is this tape is this scene an interesting one-shot film to watch and i this is unique to self-taping um i have been doing this long enough to have there was a the majority of my career did not involve self-tapes that i had control over auditions were filmed but almost exclusively jobs were booked in the room or booked off a tape that someone else, the casting director had control over. So I look at myself tapes and I think about them and sort of plan them as films. What do I mean by that? So I've directed and I've produced. And when you look at when I let me just speak for myself. When I look at a when I look at an actor's close up, either while it's happening or on playback or in the edit, I'm looking for are they hitting the beats where I know I'm going to be on them? And then if they look down at their shoes, or a lot of times, like when you watch somebody's close up, if it's a long scene, they like real quick, you know, like flick a booger or they like um, ask for the pages and look at the pages before they say their line, whatever it is. And it, none of that bothers you when you look at it as a close up, as a as an edit, editor in post, because you know you're just going to chop it out. It's different in an audition. In an audition, the the uh, convention of the piece is that you are communicating sort of a watchable version of this moment with no with nothing to cut to. And this is just my opinion, but I do a bunch of stuff in self tapes that I do not do in in person auditions. One is I'll use props straight up. I'm in my house. I'm doing free work. You don't get to decide like whether or not I'm, you know, following some norms about the business. All that's out the window. Mm. I also change the lines. I generally, I don't do it like as a practice. I don't do every single one. But an example of when I would is if somebody sends me a scene where the other person is talking, especially talking to a third person in a way that my character wouldn't have a response to, I just make the decision that that's not interesting for my tape. Because at least 50% of the time that that scene contains some crazy side conversation between two other people, they just don't want to watch me react to that anyway, unless I can do something with it. 
Straight up. I know you're blown away right now. Whoa. I'm, I, but so wait, I, for clarification. Yeah. You're saying so because this happens all the time inside. Totally. Where you're kind of like, why didn't they, why do they want to see me do this? Right. Yes. And it feels like, oh, it's a deliberate choice. They must want, there's something they want to see there. And you're saying, what you're saying is, no, I don't think they do. Maybe they just forgot to cross it out. It's not interesting for my tape or my performance. So I'm just going to skip that part. That's it. I'm saying, I'm saying, uh, yeah, I'm not without characterizing why they, the casting director or the director, or whoever the producer set up the sides without characterizing what they're doing. My standard for the tape is you need to see a version of me that I love doing. So I'm using my taste and my experience that I think could cut into the version of the film that I understand this to be, whether I've read the script or not. And I'm making those choices. I am, wow. I am directing the piece in that way. And so if I can't enjoyably and compellingly make a decision about a beat in it that doesn't involve me speaking, and this is very specific. I'm not suggesting that people like cut their cue lines shorter as a practice. That's not what I'm saying. But I will say that if there's an aside that I can't do anything interesting with, I cut it because you're there for me. Wow. But here's here's the flip side. Here's the flip side. If you include a side beat where I wouldn't necessarily be paying attention, this is particularly in comedies, I will find some scenery to chew on in that beat, particularly in mm. comedies, and I will fill that fucking space. In fact, I'll make it longer. You want to see me do something where I'm not paying attention? You're going to see the funniest fucking version of this douchebag <laughs> not listening. You are. I'm going to right. give you that as another thing to look at. And all of it is about me finding the fun expressive thing that I think would be just a gas to include in this piece. It's not about, it's not, I say it with this like chip on my shoulder, like I'm doing, and I do believe like we're doing all this free work and I have an opinion about that that we can do on another podcast. But for the purposes of must do's about auditions, I'm looking at that thing and I'm going, I'm going to make a cool film straight up. Why not? Like you said, it's free. It's my job. Nobody's paying me to do it yet. We got to figure that out. But like, that's what I think. I'm not just going to stare into space. There's a, I can't tell you how many tapes I've seen where I'm like, the, it starts with the guy, uh, my, myself included. It starts with the actor doing a big piece that's super compelling. And then they go quiet and they go flat while they stare at whatever is going on off camera in the sides. And I just go, yeah, but he's not interesting. He just said that line well. You just can't not do that. So I'm doing everything mm -hmm. I can to not give them an opportunity to do that. Mm -hmm. Another example of this is improvising i don't i tend not to change the lines unless there, there's a lot of times where i'm like i don't want to do this job unless like i don't want to say this line unless it comes out this way i think this is funnier so i just do it and i, I can hear all of my showrunner friends hearing this and being like actors don't write dude like let the writers write and so i want to be clear like if you if you're going to err, err on the side of being word perfect. I want to be really clear. But as it relates to the must do's, I need to come to my, 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 my audition more with the attitude of, let me show you something. And if mm -hmm. I don't, if I'm auditioning for a piece that I don't get, or that I think could be funnier a different way. And I suspect that it may not be their intention. I'm always weighing that out. And I'm always erring on the side of interesting film that I enjoyed making always. I just am. Mm -hmm. So with comedies, a lot of times, um, if you're auditioning for the straight guy in the scene, and I use air quotes, um, the other character might have the what we call the blow, which is the joke that the that the scene is cutting out of. And if they have the blow in a comedy, 
we'll do it word perfect to that moment. And then the, they'll say the blow, but I won't cut on their line. I'll cut on my line and I'll just make up a new line. Cause I need to have the blow in my close up, Not when we film it, but in the audition tape. Wow. This is, this is fascinating. <laughs> it's fascinating. And it's bringing something up. That's really interesting that I think is worth mentioning. Yeah. We can decide later if it's, it's our show. It's our but show. It's our show. We can do whatever we want. We're grownups. Um, <laughs> As I'm listening to you, and I think this is worth sharing because I have a feeling there might be some listeners out there that have this experience, so I want to address this. As I'm listening to you, and this has happened to me for the last 19 years of our friendship, but who's counting? I, when, when we met, you were my version of successful, like what I was trying to be, right? Mm. Like I was like, man, this guy has the dream career. That was in my mind, right? Mm. And I was just in school. I had, I had never, I had had one line in one movie that I was cut out of. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I went to school. And as, as I started to call you and ask you questions and ask your advice over the years, you would share things with me. And it just happened again where I would think he doesn't know. That's not, that might be true for him. That's not good. That can't be true for me. He is already established. He can do what he wants. He has this body of work to look at that for people to look at. He has his reputation. He has, you know, and I can't, that can't be true for me. 100%. And I want to say one of those things I remember distinctly was a conversation we had. I, it doesn't even matter what the topic was, but I, in 2000, I, cause I was in Europe. So I remember where I was, I called you from France because mm. something kind of crisis wise was happening with like an agent and an audition and blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. And it felt like a crisis by the way, it wasn't a crisis, but it felt like an actor emergency. <laughs> so I sent up the signal, <laughs> got you. <laughs> and I remember the advice you gave me and I remember listening and thinking, yeah, that does not apply to me. Mm -hmm. And then we got off the phone. And that was in 2013. That was 10 years ago this mm -hmm. summer. Mm -hmm. And one and a half months ago, I finally took the advice that you gave me <laughs> 10 years ago. <laughs> and I wasn't that much further along. And it was career changing. Mm -hmm. It was a mindset shift. I stopped telling myself, no, it's different for him because he's got this career and I don't. And I just took the advice and it was, it was such a big deal change for me. So I just want to say that that kind of dismissal that just happened to me again when I was listening to you, like, well, yeah, that might apply to you, but that can't apply to me because I don't, you know, yeah. because I can't just cut things out on my audition because I don't have the reputation and the cloud that you have and the career yeah. that you have. Uh, yeah. And I caught it and I knew this time that's not true. Yeah. Because here's the deal. We spend so much time trying to figure out how to please them and make them happy, mm -hmm. right? Them being the auditors, the people on the other side of the audition. Mm -hmm. I should say I spend so much time, and I think this is very common for new actors, and that is, I believe, one of the things that kept me from doing my best work. 100%. So it's like following this kind of advice around, hey, I, I'm making a movie here. You want to see me. I'm going to do what feels best for me. Uh -huh. That is incredible advice that does apply to everyone. 
I just want to say that. And from my experience, I learned the hard way. I should have listened 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah, I, but I, I don't. Know, it takes what it takes. And this isn't a must do because I think it wor- that, that I work more because of it. Although you're suggesting that it couldn't hurt. I, the, the, two, the two reasons that I work this way, and I, I don't want to do too many caveats and, and qualify it too much. I've already said, oh, like, course, course. if you want to be bored, perfect, do it. Um, I don't mince the words if there's technical jargon. I mean, people can take it as a given that I'm extremely professional. And so I'm also generally word perfect. I'm also have a lot of ideas when I come to set. I'm good at keeping my mouth shut or offering them, blah, 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 blah. This is specifically with auditions, specifically with self-tapes. I'm not making a procedural into a comedy, but I am, I have this sort of macro holistic view, both as a filmmaker and as a person who's interested in my own mental well-being around this stuff and those two things have combined to to encourage me in this practice of just making stuff that's fun and interesting to me Mm -hmm. even if i have to round the edges a little bit here and there and again it's not adding you know to the end of every line it's with specific intention am i making a better Mm -hmm. film that i'm more interested in watching or that i'm more engaged by moment to moment than the version of me like you described that's just trying to get what they want and because it's a collaborative medium but there's no collaborator there and Mm -hmm. also i will say just as as a matter of taste when i am casting and i I, i'm not uh, some i don't make a lot of movies every year but when in my experience of casting when someone comes in with a super powerful point of view i'm more interested in working with them than if they're right. I never think, did they get the words perfect? I think, are they funny in the parts that I want them to be funny? Oh my God, are they funny in the parts that I don't, I didn't, it didn't occur to me that they'd be funny in also. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Because that stuff's fire. You're hiring a person, especially for TV. You're hiring a person. You're not hiring a performance. And so in mm. self-tapes, having the opportunity to show a person is uh, awesome. I'll fuck around on the slate too. Like not very often. I usually want to just get out of there and forget about it. But every once in a while on the slate, I'll just throw jokes in or start monologuing and cut in the middle of it. Fuck you. I don't care. Like, what are, what are you going to do? Yeah, not hire yeah, me? Exactly. I'm fucking bulletproof. Yeah. The worst outcome is that you go, you this guy's me. not as funny as he as he thinks he is. He's I'm not going to hire him. OK, great. See you next yeah. week. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. The stakes aren't yeah, that it's high. It's so important. It's so it's so, so important for um, in particular, now that we're in a self-tape market for people that are starting out, I think, especially because you don't have that interaction with the person in the room. So they're not getting to know you. Mm-hmm. They're not getting to know you in that other way, right? You walking yeah. in saying, hey, like they're not getting your vibe. Yeah. So it's even more important that I show up fully the way I want to show up yeah. in the tape yep. because then they're going to get to know me better and no one can be more Laura Holloway than Laura Holloway. So if it's the Laura Holloway they want, then they are going to get it. And if it's not Laura Holloway they want, okay, cool. It's not my job. Right. Yeah. But if I'm just going in there trying to please, they're not getting, I, they're not getting me and I'm not getting the job and yeah. they're, and they're not hiring someone that I am not. Yeah. Does that make sense? 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I love this. I love this. Well, I learned something today. I always learn from you, friend. Sometimes it takes a decade. Yeah. This, this was an 11 year lesson. Um, <laughs> but hey, no judgment, no judgment whatsoever. 
It's also kind of a bummer that I basically have the same thing to say to you over an 11 year stretch. And so I'm, I, I'm imagining myself being so boring and repeating myself and then you learn it. And then maybe we don't have anything to talk about anymore because I just say the same thing. And is that too dark? The way I no, no, but I just, well, it's dark on yourself. I think that's an interesting way to look at it. I think what, what I, how I look at it is I am absolutely incapable of hearing the thing that I need to hear the most for a decade at a time. And that's okay. <laughs> and that is fine. That's you know, okay. We're all just doing the best we can. And, and I think the moral of the story really is like self-doubt doesn't serve me. It doesn't serve me. And comparesies, no comparesies, right? <laughs> that's a great way to end it. No comparesies. No comparesies. Man, what a great question. Thank you, Baron. Thanks, Baron. Thanks for calling back. Uh, you too, friends, can call back. At theactorshelpline.com. At theactorshelpline.com. We got a little thing there. You just hit it and start recording, and we will get it. It'll go right into Laura's inbox, 